welcome to the Scripture Study Project, our podcast dedicated to helping you discover the scriptures in a fresh way, invest your mind and heart into your personal study, and connect to God in your everyday life. We are your hosts, Krista and Zach Horton, and I am back this week after, I don't know, Zach, I was thinking I should have counted up the episodes that I have not been on. You had a nice little vacation. I did. Thank you for that. You're welcome. That was nice of you. Because even last week, you guys, I we started recording together and I just couldn't do it. I think I had been away for too long and too used to um, the break. Mm. So thanks, Zach, for giving me that. Because I needed a break. You're too much of a professional good teacher. Oh, that I was you... going to say apologies to everyone over the past month where you didn't have... <laughs> Your voice, which sounds much better, and your insights, which are always more grounded oh, and realistic. Geez. So no, well, I've been grateful, and I, I can't really say that I've missed it in three and a half years. I haven't had a break, so actually, I kind of liked <laughs> the break. Nice. But I'm glad to be back and feeling um, glad to be here recording this week. Now it's my turn. So peace out, everyone. <laughs> and you know that you know what would happen. The podcast would not get published at all, <laughs> which even that's the other reason we had a break. One week, we just forgot to publish an episode, mm-hmm. and that has never happened for us. Um, and we literally just forgot. I think it was a couple days in. Usually, we post this a few days earlier, and yeah. then it was like Monday or Tuesday that we were like, we didn't. We were, we were in the middle of yeah, summer we, vacation and family and weddings a wedding. And, and, yeah. But it was just, it was just funny because we're like, oh. That was weird. We've never done that before. Usually at least one of us remembers to do that. But so is life and I'm sure it's just fine. But here we are. We're back. We're ready to study um, this week in Doctrine and Covenants section 85 through 87. And this is, there's, I think, uh, a skill that explains how we can frame these sections. So when you're studying, especially the Doctrine and Covenants, maybe only the Doctrine and Covenants, it's sometimes difficult when you're studying multiple sections because um, it can be difficult to link them together. It seems like three separate studies, and because the Doctrine and Covenants tends to be really specific to situations, sometimes that's difficult. We've mentioned multiple times all of the great historical resources the Church has provided. I find those especially helpful in figuring out what's going on generally in the church during the time when these revelations are received, which often helps me to string things together. So sections 85 through 87 are three separate distinct sections, but there's a theme threading throughout all three sections. So to help uh, you in your study, we want to help you discover that theme and then invest in your study with a question and then connect to God with an invitation that we have. So What uh, I discovered as I studied these sections and as I looked at the history that was going on is each section is discussing a different kind of division. In section 85, um, one of the kinds of division that church members are wrestling with is uh, division in just the religious organization of the church. There's kind of this tension where Joseph Smith is in Kirtland, Ohio. That's where he lives. But there's also what we would call a stake of the church in Zion. And so a lot of times uh, Joseph is writing these revelations he's receiving to members of the church in Zion. However, unlike today, where it's very clear that a stake falls 
in an area and there's an area presidency over the stakes and then the areas fall under the 70 and the quorum of the 12 there's a hierarchy uh, they didn't quite have that figured out then and so uh, the stake in zion and the stake in kirtland kind of viewed themselves as co-equal and so joseph was always really hesitant to direct the stake in zion because uh, he didn't want to offend church leaders in zion but there were some really unique problems in, in Zion. And section 85 uh, describes one of those. There are people moving to Zion who refuse to obey the law, which was given in section 42, and specifically the law of consecration. They're moving to Zion, but they won't consecrate their properties to the church. Therefore, they can't receive an inheritance from the church, and it creates this tension. And because of that, there are people starting to say they know better than the prophet or they know better than other church leaders, how to organize and run the church. And that kind of division sounds extremely familiar to me. Um, I think if you look at verse 7 and verse 8, you can see the different sides of this division. In verse 7, It shall come to pass that I, the Lord God, will send one mighty and strong, holding the scepter of power in his hand, clothed with light for a covering, whose mouth shall utter words, eternal words, while his bowels shall be a fountain of truth, to set in order the house of God and to arrange by lot the name, the inheritances of the saints whose names are found. There will be someone called who is, whose job is to set in order the house of God. Then in verse 8, there's a man, or while that man who was called of God and appointed that putteth forth his hand to steady the ark of God shall fall by the shaft of death like as a tree that is smitten by the vivid shaft of lightning. Um, if you can remember, there's a story in the Old Testament uh, of a guy by the name of Uzzah, who's one of the carriers of the Ark of the Covenant. When Israel would move from place to place, they would carry the Ark of the Covenant, which had the Ten Commandments in it, it was the mercy seat. They put it in their tabernacle, represented the presence of God. It was the most sacred object Israel had. Well, as they're carrying it, the ark starts to wobble and Uzzah puts out his hand to steady the ark, to stop it from wobbling. And he's instantly, uh, he in dies instantly. And it seems like a really harsh story until you realize what it means to steady the ark. Uzzah does not have the authority to even touch the ark. Um, and because that ark represents God's presence, it's an extreme lack of faith to think that you have to correct something that God has in his control. So, section 85, we've got division between those that are called to set the church in order and those that have callings or authority, but not to organize or set the whole church in order. And we can see that division in our day as well. See what I mean, Zach? I could never do this episode without you because no one knows, well, I shouldn't say no one knows who Uzzah is. I wouldn't have been able to tell the story of Uzzah, and that was really cool. So, Well, this will lessen your estimation of me, because the way I remember Uzzah is because I watched a seminary class where the teacher, the title of the class was, If You Uzzah, You Lose And so that's how I remember the story of Uzzah. So <laughs> it's not because of a great academic mind. It's because of a cheesy phrase that I really like. Hey, that's, that's the only way I really remember anything these days, but... So Section 85 is about religious division, arguments within the church. Section 86 is about spiritual division. Uh, this, this section references the parable of the wheat and the tares. There's a clear division. The wheat, 
that will be gathered in the last day and brought to the storehouse, which represents the kingdom of God, and the tares, which will be gathered and burned and cast out. And it's a very simple division between the righteous or those who want to be with God and the wicked or those who don't want to be with God. Um, One quick note I always make sure we understand when we talk about tares is (laughs) you are not a tare. Um, you probably don't know any tares in your ward or in the people around you. Tares are people who don't want to be with God, who deliberately try and thwart his efforts and his kingdom. They're weeds. A tare is a weed. It's something that's trying to ruin what's happening. And so this isn't about, uh, you know, good church members and bad church members. It's not about uh, the righteous or the sinful in church. Uh, It's about those of us who are trying and those who aren't. So that's that division. And in section 87, the division's right on the surface there. It's political division. Uh, Joseph probably has read some of the newspaper accounts about what's happening in South Carolina. They're talking, there's some some, uh, disagreements they have. Um, And it sounds like, from reading those newspaper events, it sounds like things uh, are going to go south. And so this Revelation comes to Joseph, section 87. Interestingly enough, a year or two later, uh, the differences between South Carolina and the federal government have been solved, and it's fine, and everything's peaceful. Uh, And I always think if you were a member of the church in 1836, you look back on this revelation, you would think, oh, it wasn't fulfilled. You know, it says that war is going to be poured out across the whole earth, starting in South Carolina, and a rebellion, and it didn't happen. Of course, only for it to happen 30 years later in 1860. So, religious, spiritual, political division. So with that in mind, what we might want to ask is, how can I solve division in my life? How can I get rid of division and all of the things? How can I solve these big problems? But that is actually not the question that the Lord is focused on, or that we felt the Lord was focused on. Um, But the question that we want to ask instead is, how can I be at peace despite division around me? And this shows up for me in section 85, when there are people with your same beliefs that aren't showing their faith in the same ways can kind of make make it uneasy for you and make, for me, it makes me feel like, oh no, what do I believe? How, how am I supposed to act on this commandment or these principles that have been given to me that how, how should I be showing my faith? And then the division of different belief systems and different good versus evil that we see in section 86. And then in section 87, that division of political beliefs and kind of the confusion that comes with those things of, especially right now, I just felt like these these sections were extremely relevant for us right now as we see so much division um, going on around us, which for me um, makes me confused inside. I feel some division inside myself and wondering wait, I, I don't really know how to act on this. And that's why I really liked in section 80, 85, um, the reminder in verse six, yea, thus saith the still small voice, which whispereth through and pierceth all things. And oftentimes it maketh my bones to quake while it maketh manifest saying, um, and then God goes on to speak. Um, and I think that's that can be incredibly important for us as we try and, become at peace. Because the truth is, is we're not going to be able to solve everything. Of course, we can do small things here and there to help with different pieces of division um, at home and abroad. But ultimately, the real peace 
needs to come from within us um, to solve our own division. If we can feel at peace um, through that still small voice, which I think God is willing to give to us, he says it right here, um, the still small voice, it whispereth and pierceth. It's there for us to help us be at peace right now. And you know, at the end of section 87, we read that very famous verse that tells us to stand in holy places. And I think sometimes that those holy places might not be physical places. Maybe it is finding that peace through God's love, through his spirit that he sends to us so that we can feel even just a little bit of peace in a space or places or in a world around us that has a lot of division. I think that's, for me, when you said that, that was a really insightful question to ask. Uh, I, I wanted to ask, how do I solve division? How do I fix the problems that I see in the world? But the question you're giving us, Krista, is how do I address myself? How do I acquire peace in my own heart in a world where there's division around me? And I think that's a great invest question for us as we study this week. What can, how can I be at peace despite division around me? And then the invitation that you gave at the end to help us connect to God, something we can actually do, is to stand in holy places. And I love the idea that a holy place isn't only physical places where we physically are, um, because sometimes we can't find a physically safe place. It's about finding mental and emotional holy places that make us uh, safe when there's division around us. And it's interesting because in each of these sections, he does give us that solution. And I already mentioned two of them that listen to the spirit. Um, And in 87, talking about standing in holy places. At the end of section 86, it says in verse 11, Therefore, blessed are ye if you continue in my goodness, a light unto the Gentiles, and through this priesthood, a savior unto my people Israel. The Lord has said it. Amen. There again, he tells us, to remember to continue in his goodness, to stand in his light. I think those are great ways to be reminded that Jesus Christ is there to be our light, to help us feel peace through the Spirit, and to help us know where those holy places are for us to be. Because sometimes those holy places are just making sure that our heart is at peace, that we're feeling God's love, and remembering that he can help us feel at peace in in many places that aren't peaceful. So to end this verse again in section 87, verse 8, Wherefore stand ye in holy places, and be not moved until the day of the Lord come. For behold, it cometh quickly, saith the Lord. Amen. And I love that he's given us these examples of division, but also given us these very simple ways to remember that we don't have to wait until the Lord comes, that we have tools right now to help us feel at peace in our lives. Um, We hope you enjoy this study and we hope that you have a great week. We're glad to be back, or I guess I should say I'm glad to be back. And we hope you have a great one. We'll see you next week. Mm